Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. I'm Tim Brady. Lou Weiss is out for today's show. He's on assignment. So we're going to be speaking with Tim Fiore, who is the committee chair for the Institute for Supply Management's Purchasing Managers Index Report on Business for the Manufacturing Sector. Tim, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. Good to be here. So we've got another great report. I was going into the detail of it, which I'll let you share with our listeners and viewers. Looks terrific to me. Yep, absolutely. Still had a very strong month. Uh, you know, we every one of the, the, the sub-indexes was in positive territory, nothing negative. We had a little bit of sagging on the sub-indexes compared to February, but uh, most of them are explainable. Some, you know, are harder to explain. A lot of stuff going on here in uh, Ukraine and Russia. 30% of our general comments uh, noted that as an issue, most of them being uh, more concerned about the future and not so much about the present. But uh, we have had quite a bit of uh, impact from that on the energy markets that seems to have filtered through to everything. Uh, you, know, you know, it's a global commodity, you know, when uh, global constraints occur, global prices go up. That what we, that's what we've seen since uh, the conflict started in late January, and uh, we were over $100 a barrel of oil. We got back below $100, then we went back above it, and now with the SPR release, that should help. But a lot of stuff to talk about here. So, uh, you know, we've had 22 months of growth. You know, as I've mentioned to your readers in the past, we generally average 34 to 36 months on a typical manufacturing expansion. We've had six expansions in the last 20 years. Uh, my, my feeling and statements in the past has been that this is going to be a longer expansion because the supply chain has constrained our ability to peak. Uh, I still feel that that's the case. Uh, you know, we're probably looking at a 42, 44 month. So we might be halfway there, maybe even a little bit less. Uh, you know, since we talked last time, there's been an interest rate hike. So we've had a war, an interest rate hike, and rising commodity prices. What else do we want to deal with? <laughs> It's a pretty full house, for that's for sure. Oh. You and I were talking before the show about the transportation portion of this. And there's just so much going on, Tim. I'm going to let you kind of flow through the report starting at 57.1. Yeah. So somebody asked me earlier in an interview, they said, so can you sum up the quarter? I said, oh, no kidding. <laughs> so, so first we had Omicron. Then we had a war. Then we had rising commodity prices. Now we've got Omicron B or whatever it is, you know, raging through China, shutting down ports. And that's only in the last 12 weeks. Where do we start? <laughs> right. Let me, uh, so I have my, uh, my color slide. You want me to put the color slide up and walk the people through the demand, consumption, and input? Sure, I think that's always helpful. All right, hold on a second here, let's see. Okay, you can see that, right? Beautifully. All right, let's pump it up here so it gets full screen. All right, let me get my pointer going. Easier to talk to it. Okay, so as your listeners and, and watchers know, uh, you know, we have 10 sub-indexes that make up the PMI, uh, the PMI index, entire index. There's five of them that actually go into the PMI index. I group these 10 sub-indexes into demand, consumption, or output, and inputs. And I look at the three and because they all have their different weightings and they're all trying to achieve a level of equilibrium, uh, that always fleeting level of e equilibrium that's really hard to find. So, you know, right now we've had a demand driven 
supply constrained expansion, meaning the inputs can't keep up with the demand. The consumption piece in the middle is the conversion element. Uh, the reason that we've had input problems is primarily employment. We initially had problems with employment at the panelist companies as well as our suppliers. Uh, we continue to have problems at the supplier level. We can talk some more about that. So let's, let's go through the indexes here. Uh, one other thing, the manufacturing PMI is made up of the new orders, made up of production, employment, supplier deliveries, and inventories. Those five sub-indexes go into the manufacturing PMI in equal weightings. So, um, all right, let's talk about this. New orders came off 7.9. This chart shows you what happened in February. It shows you what happened in March. Uh, remember, generally 50 points and better is expanding, less than 50 is contracting. So the direction here is really above 50 and absolutely the PMI was growing above 50. The rate of change here is slower, which means it slowed down a little bit compared to February. And this is the trend, meaning has it, when it broke 50, how long has it been above 50? Been 22 months. So that's, that's a comment that I made early on. So it, it, hey, it all starts with demand. Without demand, it does, you, know, you can't consume, uh, convert anything and suppliers need to do nothing if you don't have the demand. So we've been watching demand very closely. It's been really strong. This is the first month that we've had in the 22 months where this number was probably less than 55 maybe early on, but uh, we haven't seen that number less than 55 in a long time, down almost eight points. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. New export orders, 53.2, down from 57.1, down almost four points. Backlog eased off five. Customer inventories grew 2.3. Uh, the, the, on the customer inventory number, anything less than 50 is good for the future. This is a reflection really of how much of your customers, your customer has of your inventory on their shelves. And, when this number is below 50, it means they don't have enough. When it's way below 50, it means they don't really have a lot enough. And when it's above 50, they have more than enough. So this is really good. So what happened here, you know, we had easing on the new order side. There's a couple of reasons for that. One could be that the new export orders backed off. Last month, it contributed significantly to the new order level. This month, it's off four points. And, you know, you can look at Europe and not be surprised that there's not a lot of orders coming out of Europe right now, really, you know, really uncertain as to what the future holds there with everything happening in the East. The other piece is that uh, China now has had some pretty consistent rolling city shutdowns, which uh, if uh, cities shut down, there's nobody there to place orders in the US, to the US. Therefore, we had a little bit of an easing here. So that's one element of why this new order number came down. The second element is that uh, we've had extremely long lead times for a very long period of time. As you can see here, the prices index went way up on the bottom here. If you're a buyer sitting there with order streams well out in excess of normal order streams, meaning that you know most order books are already full for 2022 and it's only April 1st, do they really need to go ahead and place orders for well beyond normal lead times at very high prices? The answer is probably not. So they're pausing a little bit. The, uh, the whole situation in Russia, Ukraine, which made up 30% of the general comments that came in from the panelists, like I said, more about in the future, not about what's happening today throws a bit of uncertainty into the world economic growth cycle. So a little bit of a pausing, not unexpected. The third thing is that we, in the month of March, we have a very strong uh, seasonal adjustment factor because March is usually a very strong new order month. Uh, but I could easily make the argument that we haven't been in usual periods in about two years. So we've been following a pandemic cycle here that is not normal. So uh, 
You could also argue then that uh, we came off almost four points uh, on the wrong number here due to the seasonal adjustment factor. We use it every March. It's absolutely applicable, but you know, in these times with, with extended lead times and things like that, it's it's interesting. Okay, fine. I'm not over that overly concerned about it. I think we'll come back up uh, above 55 for sure uh, in the month of April. I think the new export order level will do the same. Backlog is 60. That's a really strong number. 65 is near records. We generally run 55 to 58. So 60 is still really good. The reason this is so high is because we really didn't make a lot of progress on the production side. We'll get to that in a minute. So let's go to the input piece. Supplier deliveries eased a little bit, not much, but they eased. And that's su supported by the comments that I received. And uh, we can get into that in a minute. Inventories grew a little bit, which is good. Uh, this is manufacturing inventories. The reason this grew is, is that panelist companies continue to take more raw material and semi-finished goods uh, than they normally would, but they're still waiting for those one or two pieces so they can ship. Uh, uh, as, as we do, still do have sporadic shortages. There's a lot of work in process that's now out on the factory floor waiting for those one or two pieces to show up. Uh, and as we predicted for the last couple of months, this number would grow and it did. So it's up at a pretty healthy 55.5. Uh, we don't normally see inventory, manufacturing inventory at that level. So I, I would expect it could even grow another point, point and a half. So that's, that helped the PMI because it added 1.9 points to the calculation. Price is a big story here. Uh, as we were talking earlier in the show, uh, we had some easing. We had some easing happening, uh, you know, and then we had Omicron hit that caused some problems. We were back on the easing path in February and uh, now we reversed again and, and gone up. This is primarily due to uh, energy markets, transportation costs. Steel has reversed its uh, decline and it, it grew 25 or so percent in the month of March. And we have very high aluminum prices as well as some uh, food products that are now uh, being a big concern because of uh, Ukraine and Russia having a large amount of uh, food exports that feed the international market. So, so we saw this number come up, uh, less than 1% of panelists respondents reported a decline in price. Uh, so you know, we're back at that really hot level. The, the situation this time uh, is that when the energy markets shot up, Transportation costs shot up with it. Uh, you know, people know what's happened to gasoline. The same thing has happened to diesel fuel, and that gets into everything that moves. Those transporters immediately increase their prices, and uh, and we saw the price growth hit at all levels of the supply chain. So, um, you know, we'll see what the month of April brings on that. I think we're going to see a little bit of easing. Uh, the release of uh, domestic oil here from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve will probably help. That's about five percent. Of, uh, of U.S. daily consumption, and it's about 180 days we're planning on, which if you ask me what that means is it's a bridge program to allow the, um, the petroleum companies to step up production where you know, we get back to that 13 and a half to 14 million barrels a day of product, which we're not at now because of the last couple of years of worth of um, constraints on investment, let me put it that way. So you know, the real story here is uh, if labor has, has been the problem, uh, we're showing definite signs here of improvement. You can see we added 3.4 points, well in excess of prior month's gains. We've been running half a point to three quarters of a point for many months here. We had a little bit of a step down there with Omicron, but we got back on track. This is a pretty big step up. Uh, for those of you who watch other economic news, you see that the unemployment report was really good. Initial jobless claims is very low. Uh, we're, you know, we're definitely getting close to a full employment picture. 
And our panelists actually supported that with their comments around how difficult it's get, it has been to hire. So let's, let's spend a few minutes on this then because employment has been the root of the problem since we began to come out of the, uh, the, the pandemic decline period. And I think it's becoming less of an issue, not only with the panelist companies, but also with their suppliers, which is where the constraints in the supply has been. So I track employment comments every month. Uh, I, I group them into six or seven different categories. Uh, we, we had a hire, one of the categories is hire to force manage. How many companies are hiring versus either managing the headcount through attrition or retirements or layoffs. And we were 15 to one in March compared to uh, 15 to one in March. In February, we were 42 to one. So it was you know, more respondents that they were hiring, but that had to do with the Omicron issue too. And we had them running six to seven to one. So we're still a very strong hiring situation. Uh, in February, 37% of the respondents said they were having difficulty in hiring. Uh, in March, we're at 28%. So uh, an improvement there. Uh, one of the reasons that we've had difficulty is the increasing uh, wage rates causing people to quit and move to another employer at a raise. Uh, and, and we have to backfill to account for that. So if you're hiring two uh, and you lose one, you've got to hire two again. So uh, we had a backfill rate of 33% in January, a lot of turnover. We're now down to 24% of the comments are about people quitting, which is good. We're making progress, slow but sure. And then in January, we had 11% of the respondents say that they were, they were, people were retiring earlier than anticipated. There was a lot of early retirements there as we closed the year, uh, along with Omicron, and we're now down to 6% of the comments. So uh, total turnover is now at 30% of the comments. It was 44% in January. So things are getting better there. And then I, I asked the question, is it, uh, is it easier to, I look for the answers around, is it easier to hire people? And in the month of February, 4% said it was. In the month of March, 12% said it was. So, you know, clear signs that the employment side is getting better. I also look in the general comment section for uh, uh, comments around uh, labor. And in January, we peaked at 31% of the comments were labor related, including absenteeism because of COVID and stuff. We're now down to 8%. So not, not as much of top of mind. And I, I, uh, I dig into the supply delivery comments to see uh, how many comments are there around labor too. And that would be primarily their suppliers labor. And we peaked in January, 16% of the comments were labor related. We're now down to five, uh, I'm sorry, 25% of the comments in February were labor related, now down to 21. So, you know, clear sign, I think that the labor side is getting better. Uh, so the big surprise here was what happened on production? The four points off. Uh, I, this is, is it because of demand? I mean, we have the demand there. We have a really healthy backlog. We still have a good level of new orders. We have empty shelves at the customers' facilities. So why didn't this come up? We had a little bit of easing on the supply delivery side. So, you know, I, I think that the, the hypothesis here is that, okay, we got a timing issue. Uh, we got to do a little bit of adjustment here. More labor's come in. We got more material flowing. Uh, uh, manufacturing inventory is growing. This number should come back. The, the whole search here has been, that number needs to get to 64, 65. And as it should, the demand has been there and the backlog has been there. So one final point here, because this, this kind of number with a eight point drop on new orders can alarm people. There wasn't a single uh, evidence in the comments that there was any slack in demand compared to prior periods. As I mentioned, we were six to one 
positive sentiment about demand uh, versus 12 to one in February. But generally for the last five months, it's been six to seven to one. So no one was saying that uh, orders are being canceled. Nobody was concerned about the future, really. It's uh, the demand is still there. So um, yeah, so the key here now is get the new order level back up in the 58s, which is shouldn't be that hard to do and get this production number up to 62 or so in the short term, maintain a level of employment growth at say a 54, 55, see the supplier delivery number move closer to the lower 60s, raw material or manufacturing inventory get to 56. And, um, and we're, in, we're in that 57 to 59 range, which I think we're gonna be at for quite some time. Thanks, Tim. What's fascinating to me as we have been watching this over the last many years, but this pandemic period is that things are good. I would have expected the reverse. Well, okay. So remember, we had a lot of people stay home and they weren't spending money. They weren't spending money on consumables, on food and entertainment, no, nothing of, of hard value. They were, and they were putting that money in the bank. I mean, I think the, the US population saved a, a trillion plus dollars. Uh, and they've been spending it on, you know, durable goods, on things, uh, renovations of their home, moving into bigger houses, uh, furniture. Furniture was a hot industry sector for us for quite some time, still is. Uh, cars, if they could get a car, they buy a car. Toys, R uh, RVs, boats, motorcycles, you know, a lot of money spent there. All, you know, that's all manufactured goods. Uh, the issue now is that, you know, inflation, at the rates that we're talking about is eating up some of that savings. So if you think that Americans saved all this money, and I've always said that even when the service economy opens up, which is just opening up now, there's gonna be some period of overlap where people are gonna to continue to spend money on, on firm and, and durable goods. Uh, the problem now is the dollar's not going as far. And uh, so if you had a trillion dollars uh, a year ago, maybe it's worth 900 billion now. I'm, you know, I'm just throwing some numbers out, but. That's actually right. a headwind here to uh, to our continued expansion, but I still feel that you know we're looking at uh, not getting in, not crossing the fifty line until the end of next year. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, that's that's good news, and we appreciate uh, this update, Tim. Uh, another fabulous report, and we encourage people to go to ismworld.org so that you can pull this report down for yourself and really dig into the details and see what your sector is doing. In terms of the sectors, Tim, what's uh, hot and what's not? Well, so we had a little bit of a shift here. Uh, the, two, the two biggest industry sectors that, that uh, drove that new export, I mean, the new order number decline were two areas where we have pretty long lead times on average, and that's computer electronics and transportation equipment. Both of them have been running really hot. You know, think high 60s, uh, maybe even mid 70s on one. And they both came off somewhere around 10 to 11 points. So still running in, in the high 50s level, but not where they were in February. So, you know, you could argue, why is that? Well, you know, it's because lead times are so far pushed out. And uh, so is that really damaging or not? You know, we've had this discussion several times about are people overordering? And you know, I, there's no doubt that people were overordering. In the computer chip area, component area, you probably would have forecasted 40 to 50% more demand than what you really thought you had done in the last six months. 
just so you get your position in line. That you, you know, the computer electronic people knew that, and so they were factoring down the forecast. But you know, essentially, we've got, like I said, we've got these long order streams that are well beyond normal lead times. You had rising prices, and and people pause. So those are those are two of the uh, you know, the big reasons why uh, you know we we saw the new order level come down, and that obviously contributes a bit to the PMI stepping off too. Production rates in both of those areas were, were strong. You know, nothing uh, to be shy about. Uh, you know, think mid 60s on transportation equipment, which is really good. Uh, you know, fundamentally, I think the other one on you know chemical products of the three, the three, the three that make up almost 40% of manufactured GDP are computers, chemicals, and transportation equipment. And you know, on the chemical product side, you saw strong new order rates, probably driven by the fact that even though we have five plus dollar per MNBTU cost of natural gas, we're still lowest priced natural gas area in the world. Uh, that level remained pretty high. The, uh, the level of new export orders was relatively flat, which is surprising because we export chemical products, pharmaceuticals, plastics all over the world. world. We were flat compared to February. That kind of supports the whole position that you know, the world either had a COVID problem or, or uh, there's a little bit of concern here about continued expansion in Europe and such. Backlogs are still very good. Customer inventories are still very low. So, you know, fundamentally, we're still in a really good position here, I think, as we go into Q2. Great. Now, Tim, is there another slide behind this one, or should we just go back to the split screen where we were? And yeah, I think so. This is, uh, you know, this is this shows the uh, this shows the six manufacturing expansions in the last 20 years: expansion one, expansion two, you know, three post recession four, uh, five, and here we are now. And I think the, the point on this chart really is that that area over 60, right here, right here, and right here, you can see that the expansion that we're in right now spent more time over 60 than any expansion in 20 years. And that's really impressive. And it supports the point that you can't stay over 60 forever. So, you know, the right level for us now is to bounce here 57 to 60. And I think we're there at the, down, at the low side, uh, I'm a little disappointed that this wasn't 58.5 or so. I think the analysts have predicted 58, but I, you know, I think it's primarily a timing issue. We'll see, you know, this growth get back up in that 58.5 or so for for April. Let me see if I can't get this shut down. There we go. Let's see. Okay, is that better? Oh, I got to stop sharing, right? There yeah, right. Okay. Well, well, I was particularly pleased to see the GDP numbers. I know that in 2020 we were at about 21 trillion. 2021 we dropped to 20 trillion, but in 2022, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a year off. Uh, last year we were at 20, almost 23 trillion. So we are. People are saying, are we yet pre-pandemic? Are we doing as well? Yeah, we are. Uh, the United States is in great shape economically at the moment. So. These kind of reports and figures are important for people to understand and to listen to this. And Tim, we always appreciate you joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. Yeah, you bet, Tim. I think the biggest headwind here, biggest concern is uh, elevated, elevated energy prices for a long period of time. And I think that's the big issue. Uh, it affects everything, as I mentioned, uh, even more so than interest rates. I think the, you know, the quarter point was well within what people expected. Uh, you know, people are talking half point, maybe I, I, I think this is slow and steady. I think they're expecting to get to two, 
two, two and a half or something tail in the next year. I don't think that throttles the economy. Um, you know, I, but I think inflation, uh, nominal inflation here driven by energy prices is a, is a concern because you see it everywhere. It, like I said, you see it in your gas bill and you see it in transportation and tra you got to move everything that's a good. And so it shows up everywhere. Um, if we can do something about the energy costs here, get that uh, price of a barrel of oil back down to 65 to 75, I think that's, that's reinvestment level for the oil companies. And it's good for U.S. manufacturing. And I think that you know, the, the administration should, needs to spend a little bit more time on that. This whole thing with releasing 180 million barrels of oil over the next six months is a good thing. And I, like I said, I think it's a bridge to a better solution that's more long term. Well, we certainly look forward to that. And again, we encourage everyone to go to ismworld.org to get this report. And while you're out surfing the web, please stop by jacketmediaco.com so that you can find our other episodes, including every episode we've done with the ISM since 2013. Tim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. Good to be here, Tim. Thanks very much. And for all of those who are listening and watching, thank you for listening to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.